Yazi, what's up, man? Nothing. What are you doing? I'm uh, just editing the podcast right now. Oh, you should let me come on. But you don't even listen to hip hop. What would we talk about? Uh, so I thought of some. Uh, check your email. Okay. I am checking. It's a script, so uh, just read it. All right. Um, thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Triluminati. Our special guest today is. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying this. Just read it. Our guest is Twitter superstar Iron Gazi, most well known for the famous Lego couch. He is here to discuss something very important today. Thanks for having me on the pod. Thank you for joining us. Before we get into it, is it true that you've you've never been owned online? Yes, yes, that's true. Uh, Please check the bio. Wow, that's really amazing. You're truly an inspiration to people everywhere. If only everyone could be more like you. Yeah, thanks for saying that. I, I truly deserve it, uh, but enough about me and all my co- accomplishments. Uh, let's talk about my latest project, the Mackle Alert Level. What is the Mackle Alert Level? So the Mackle Alert Level was invented by Twitter scientists such as myself to measure exactly how much Macklemore has been mackling. And what does that mean? Well, every level means something different, you see. For example, mackle most means the ceiling literally can't hold the level of mackling. The mackle levels haven't reached these heights since Macklemore's commercial success in 2013. So where is the mackle alert level now? Well, right now I'd say it's somewhere between mackle some, which indicates that in the third grade he thought that he was gay, and mackle more, which means he walks into the club like, what up, I got a big cock. Interesting. And what are your hopes for the Mackle Alert level moving forward? Well, in my professional unbiased opinion, I think he should Mackle less. Thank you for joining us today, and I hope you never die. I will die when I log off. Never. (laughs) (laughs) Dumbest fucking thing of all time. That's so stupid. You shouldn't even use it. It's so dumb. (laughs) I might have to keep this in. It's Porter. Welcome to the sixth episode of Triluminati. You're going to have to hang with us through Whatever. this episode because we just watched uh, the Philadelphia, our beloved Philadelphia 76ers lose their fourth game of the season on a last second shot by the Houston Rockets, uh, Eric Gordon. And Matt is, he's taking it really hard. James right Harden tackled right Embiid. Now. I don't want to be alive. <laughs> I don't want to be alive. Sixers one and four. I just want to die. I just want to die. Fuck, man. (laughs) This is the worst night of my life. I don't know what is more depressing. The fact that you actually know the melody of that song (laughs) or the fact that you're a grown man getting uh, upset over a professional basketball team losing. I think it's because I have hip younger siblings (laughs) that are in tune with pop culture. Although, well, and in defense of your... uh, Quickly deletes it from my iTunes. (laughs) (laughs) In defense of your uh, sports fandom... Uh, you're still only 25, yeah, and I'm I'm 27. I'm a little bit wiser, a little bit more depressed, a little bit more. <laughs> I don't have much to look forward to. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm only 25, but I don't want to be alive. <laughs> Six has ruined my night, <laughs> and and that depression just transitions beautifully into this podcast. Because w- what else do we Tell talk, us what about? We're gonna talk about? 
Tonight, we're going to talk about the um, the logic, um, the toll-free logic song. <laughs> <laughs> 1-800-FIX-YOUR-DEPRESSION. 1-800-CALL-AT&T, dude. Come on. You, you yeah. knew I are. We, this is the second time we recorded this. I'm not going to act like we're not reusing the same jokes. <laughs> we did this 10 minutes ago, and I still botched it. <laughs> Get the uh, bit right. Oh my god, yeah. So uh Logic keeps hacking into my computer because we're trying to make fun of him and he he's not gonna take that shit anymore, dude. He's I'm not a fucking coder, dude. He's a fucking he's a Rick and Morty brain genius. He was on this <laughs> he was on this season of of oh. Rick and Morty, so now he knows how to hack computers. But yeah, uh we wanted to talk just basically about songs that have uh, popular songs specifically that have a like a social message behind them. But uh, that, how Our do we favorites. put this? They're shitty songs. <laughs> yeah. So the two They're most sh- recent examples being the uh, the one eight hundred logic song. Um, that Matt has been belting throughout the, the podcast <laughs> and uh Macklemore uh recently recently, fucking five years ago, six years ago, had uh same love. So, Macklemore stops time, so you're it's good. true. Yeah. yeah, he's an ageless wonder. Yeah. He's like thirty four, thirty five. He's back to the future. <laughs> <laughs> he um so, rap game back to the future. So him and Logic both use this and it's it's kind of similar to what we were talking about last week with Chance the Rapper in that uh I mean and and I think Chance is much more talented than both of them uh and I also think he's much more unique he's just a better musician in general but yeah. with with Logic and Macklemore and uh you know what they kind of have done is they they cling on to social issues with these songs. Mm-hmm. So Macklemore obviously, you know, being personally affected by homophobia because mm-hmm. he had a gay uncle. <laughs> and he, he, was kept an incre- his room he was an incredibly good artist in third grade and also <laughs> somehow related his uncle was gay. <laughs> So, I mean, any smart and, like, conscientious third grader knows that those are the warning signs of being gay. Well, Macklemore was just woke before his time. Before <laughs> yeah. before the term woke became, like, mainstream, Macklemore was woke when he was eight years old. <laughs> yeah, Macklemore's so woke and, like, so, like, he's so self-conscious about everything he does that, like, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, he apologized for that in like the coming weeks. A song he made five years ago. That's the weird thing. He does apologize for. He literally has multiple songs about apologies, <laughs> but he never apologized for making a song about the gay community and then reaping all the benefits of it. And yeah. and, and, and this is w- like how they get away with this shit is is kind of ridiculous to me because because if you think about it from obviously it's a good message in the song yeah gay marriage it, you know since then has been legalized sure, and, I mean, and homophobia is like a, a huge issue in america yeah. still but yeah there definitely is some problem when <laughs> pasty ass white ma- male mackle straight male macklemore cis straight cis privileged macklemore <laughs> is making a song about gay marriage and then it's, making millions of dollars it's off of it. fucked up when Eminem is the spokesperson for the black community <laughs> and Macklemore is the spokesperson for the, the gay, gay community, community. <laughs> <laughs> and Logic is the spokesperson for anyone that's mixed race <laughs> Or quit Log- cigarettes. I was gonna- <laughs> Logic Logic is the voice for so many different communities. He's uh he's the voice for biracial community, yeah. for the uh po- uh post smoking community. I thought you were he- gonna say Pope. I'm like oh, sure. The the po- no the <laughs> the post smoking former smoker community. The um the the Rick and Morty fan community, the uh, <sighs> the depressed community. Yeah, he's got and- he, he's got the industry on lock, man. <laughs> but so they, they they tend to take these songs and um you know 
it's kind of hard to criticize these songs. This is, that's what I was getting to before with Chance the Rapper, is that when you you talk about subjects that are important and actually have like s- such an effect on people's lives, that it almost makes it so that you yeah. they're above criticism, right? Yeah, Even though like they're mm-hmm. terrible songs. Yeah, I mean, I I personally think that they're trash. It's like one of it's, and I have experienced this. Like, I mean, you've experienced five years homophobia. Ago, yes, I <laughs> I personally have experienced homophobia. I am a spokesperson. <laughs> For the gay community, no. Um, I like anytime one of these types of songs comes out, and I just like usually don't like anything. Uh, and like you'll like be around people that are like, oh, like this song's like very uplifting, blah blah blah, or like, oh, this is like a cool song. And I'm just like immediately like, nah, man, this fucking song's trash. <laughs> and, like, and their first response is always like, oh, like so you don't care about like these social issues? I'm like, that's not fair. No, <laughs> you can't do it, it that. means nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like if you criticize a song that's a uh, you know about fucking a chick mm. or. How having sex and i mean like they're not like oh so you hate having sex i get it <laughs> tyler saying i've been fucking white boys since 2004 is more genuine than macklemore saying that he was a gay drawer in third grade you know what i mean <laughs> Mac- the like, macklemorean theory <laughs> it sounds you, like so real the, the macklemorean theory dude which is if you can draw, your room is clean, and your <laughs> uncle's gay, then that automa- automatically makes you gay. That's how – that's the Macklemorean theory of, uh, of homosexuality. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, it's, it, it is kind of a, a, a ridiculous and, – and, and now since the success of, of the Logic song, obviously fucking – if it helps one person save their life – I mean, yeah, that's the, great. It, like, well, if 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 that song's what saved your life, maybe your life isn't worth saving. <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> like, too really? Touche. <laughs> that's, that's true. No, but seriously, like, I like, and and I know that like when Same Love came out, like that was very good considering the context of you know how hip hop has had this relationship with the gay community for years. Uh, yeah. It's obviously important now. What I do have a problem with with Macklemore is the fact that he's a straight white dude and he reaps the benefits of mm. a, you know an oppressed community. And th- I guess w- with Logic, he probably was a little bit more personally affected by mm. the, you know having depression or whatever is you know going on in yeah. his life. So like the thing with Macklemore, I mean like and the heist, like here's the like I guess the slight difference, the heist had like multiple gigantic hundred million view songs. Um, so like I don't know when Same Love came out was that was that the first single or I think Thrift Shop was second. right no no actually it was weird because a lot of people don't realize this but can, dude can't hold us came out like two, in two thousand probably no, eleven so the album came out August two thousand twelve I think I think it was yes, July two thousand slightly August. before Kendrick right yeah. right it was a few months before Kendrick's album came out mm-hmm. and by the way the Grammys with that whole thing. We when they fucked over Macklemore, when when he beat Kendrick, <laughs> yeah. they literally – so they have every year when you watch the Grammys, they say this is the cutoff date mm-hmm. for when the album – the album came out like Kendrick's just – they because he just missed mm-hmm. the year – like because his year came pro. out in October and right, the right, deadline right. was in September. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, Macklemore's So he would have reaped came, the benefits of the next year. Yeah, had... but Macklemore's songs blew up in that year yeah, leading the, up to the 2014 yeah. Grammys, like 2013 they blew up like really big Mm -hmm. and the ridiculous part of that was the fact that they weren't even in the qualifying and he beat Kendrick Mm -hmm. so if obviously if Macklemore's not in that Kendrick wins the fucking Grammy and there isn't a fucking issue but the 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 Grammys bent the rules for Mm -hmm. the deadlines and put Macklemore's album even though it was like a year and over a year and a half before Mm -hmm. the the Grammys that year I forgot yeah you're right yeah and it like and it felt relevant just because of how late a bloomer that album was or at least late a bloomer the singles were which is weird yeah yeah that was very weird I remember and I'm like you know uh, this is embarrassing but like Probably January 2013, so like you know, six months after the album came out, I heard Thrift Shop for the first time, and it was probably. I mean, this is like a song that has a billion views now. Yeah, Um, it was probably at like five million or like ten million, Mm -hmm. and I just remember being like drunk, like right on this couch with like a bunch of other white kids, just like high fiving and like, (laughs) this is our moment. (laughs) This guy, we're back, dude. The best white rapper since Eminem. Welcome to the club. Like, what up? I got a what? What did he say? It's true. Yeah. <laughs> we were he so sh- 
Mac so more shattering stereotypes. Yeah, I'm sober. Creating gay now. stereotypes, but shattering stereotypes about white that men's penis sizes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been sober since. Um, but yeah, no. The, and another weird thing about can't the that album was can't hold us came out in August of 2011, I think, mm-hmm. and then it was number one on the Billboard charts in like August 2013. It yeah. was like almost it may, might not have been August, but it was like June or July. It was like two years after it came out because they re-released it as a radio single once Thrift Shop blew up and then Same Love can't blew up and can't hold us all. They were I think Same Love reached number two on the charts. Mm-hmm. And those two were number one. At one point, he had – I don't know if this is still true, but at one point, he had two more number one hits than Drake. And he had – what a weird time. Yeah. <laughs> really and Macklemore had at one point time. had like more top ten hits than Drake – or top – Top five hits than Drake. Yeah, but it was because it was before, like, Drake, I guess, like, two, three years later became, like, a mega star. Yeah, 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 he was already a star, but, like, His yeah. first number one song was Hotline Bling. That's crazy. It was There was none before that. No, like, uh, Hold On, We're Going Home reached number two on the charts. There were, like, a few songs, which is You would think that would have got to one. Huh. Yeah, he had a and he had like a bunch of other songs off Take Care, like right. that were like high charters. But he, the only songs that he, he that he's hit number one that I know of are One Dance and uh, Hotline Bling. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, yeah. So going back to social issues, um, like with no. rappers, I like this one affected me personally, and like it was fucking terrible. Um, I've been sober for almost five years, and like Macklemore, in this span of like him becoming the voice of the gay community and the thrift shop community, <laughs> <laughs> he became the voice of the sober community. <laughs> and like, dude, going to like AA meetings and like being around people that because uh, this was right around the same time Eminem was like doing the not afraid bullshit. Yeah, and like it was just these two white rappers that were like saving heroin addicts. <laughs> Or lean addicts or whatever. Uh, like with other side. Oh, uh, dude. Yeah. I was like, fuck, why do I have to be a part of this? I'm not part of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I don't even think that it doesn't apply. I don't even think it's like disingenuine of no, Macklemore to make songs about that. If anything, that's like and, and like actually his songs about um sobriety and about like addiction are like pretty genuine and like a lot of them are good. Yeah. I think that they're solid they're, songs. They're one they're some they're his best songs. Absolutely. Other side, uh he had other side is great. Yeah, that's um, I think that's probably the, the best original song. version when they use the Chili Peppers, like yeah, just yeah. the straight instrumental, is yeah. fantastic. Yeah, and like so, like yeah, so like part of it, I think part of it was like he had blown up, mm-hmm. and that's when I was like, because I liked Other Side, but like just the fact that like this guy was also the voice of like all of my problems, <laughs> I was like, leave me the fuck alone, dude. <laughs> I can't escape this guy. <laughs> he won't leave me alone. But part of me thinks that that um, you know the. You know, it's not disingenuous of Macklemore to make a song about getting sober because he was addicted to drugs. But I do think at a certain point he embellishes it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. for example, like he's made like what four songs now? At least four or five songs. Yeah. Is, is that the only interesting thing about him? Is mm-hmm. that why? Well, you remember, like, I mean, like uh, for the listeners, I had like you know uh, a brief rap career. He was the good. Um, yeah, no, but, like, that was, like, a huge part of my music because right. I had just recently gotten sober. And, like, when you're coming into sobriety or leaving addiction, it's hard to find a way out of that, um, like, content or, like, just that, like, you know, it, it's really hard to it's like escape a release. that. Yeah. yeah, it's a release, dude. It's I release. lost all my other releases. <laughs> now, re- the only release I have is my music and, and my boys that support my music. And now you have your podcast, dude. <laughs> yeah. That- 77 people listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> My life is uh, undoubtedly um, ascended. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely don't think that he, uh, you know, him and and Logic are, are disingenuine in where their hearts are when they make the songs. You know, they're, yeah. they're kind of cre- – they want to create more uh, music that has this positive social message, um, you know, that fights for people that might not have a voice. I respect that. That's kind of what hip hop was built on, right? Like uh, we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. you know. Like the, I think back to a song in like the '80s, like the message, right. and like the, obviously there have been a ton of fucking songs throughout the years that kind of give voices to these people, but also like make it a good fucking song. <laughs> like, that's my yeah. whole thing. Is like like that Logic song is terrible, and if you are a hip hop head, 
there's no way you like that song. No. If you there, like no hip hop heads like same love or like the I just want them to make better songs. Mm-hmm. But the problem is when you make a good song that has a good social message, it's never going to chart. It's never going to be good mm-hmm. because it doesn't give in to it doesn't cater to those pop sounds that those two songs do mm-hmm. that have these, you know, they I I guess they have catchy courses. I think they're not very catchy, but they have, you know, kind of like the female singing on same mm-hmm. love, the the basic piano beat right. on same love and then and then you have with the logic song uh him, you know, talking about how he doesn't want to talking die. Talking about the and... Sixers losing. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> also, can we talk uh, can we, can <laughs> can we, we talk? talk about the worst ad lib of all time in that song? Yes. Who can relate? <laughs> Dude, he's always had so much trouble with ad libs. Well, it's so weird. You would yeah, like I mean like I know that like a lot all the good ad libs are taken, but like it's not that hard to think of an ad lib. It's just one fucking word. You yeah, know? You just or, like just Travis the, Scott. or just do Scott. Or just did. Or just do like the the Migos thing where like everything is your ad lib. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just make that your whole brand. Yeah. Um yeah, no, like make literally just ad lib rap. Um But there is a problem when because like think about your favorite political rap songs mm-hmm. of all time. Were any of them hits? Not not that I can like think of. No, I mean like, like I guess yeah. Not even the Kendrick songs. A lot Black of those the Berry are like was B-siders. not a big hit. Yeah. Like like Kendrick has like a, a light. Like here's the thing. I think that Kendrick is someone who has the ability, and and there are a few guys that that can do this where they have a political message or mm-hmm. just a message, a social conscious message in their music. Well, actually, swimming pools was right, but but they it's not directly in your face in the same way that Logic's and, nah. and Macklemore's are. Um, and like, yeah, I agree. And like, kind of like, just like with these social rappers, or just even more in a broad sense, these like heavy concept rappers, they all kind of circle back to each other. Like, Chance and Macklemore have both like continuously discussed like being like unsigned, like like I, Jimmy Iovine, mm-hmm. um, and like pretty much Chance's all entire career yeah. at this point. Um, they all kind of like latch on to like very similar things, or like. Um, and then, like, in the case of Chance and Logic, who in the past year have really, like, elevated and blown up, um, they get big off of these, like, you know, Chance going to church. And uh, and uh, <laughs> that's, like, literally all he talks about anymore. Yeah, but Chance's um, biggest songs don't have that. I know, like, no, like, like problem. But, like, they, like... Also, let's... let's We can say that we like Chance a lot more than those. Like, sure, that, no. I think it's and much and that's more, not yeah. to say, like... Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's not yeah. to say, like, oh, like, let me group him in with Macklemore and Logic, but, like, <laughs> they are heavy concept rappers, and they, like, take this public persona and really run with it. And, like, in terms of, like, making money and getting even more popular, like, genius. You know what I mean? Like, it's smart. Absolutely. But they all kind of circle back to the same type of stuff. Right. And also, I think it, it, it a lot of the, the fact that... What I, what I'm trying to say is the radio and um and just in general music has never really rewarded people for going out on a limb and taking risks like making songs about like really sensitive subjects. You know what I mean? Like no, what, they reward people for making songs you can dance to essentially, and that's right. just how that's how the radio is always going to be. Right. And these both of those songs were like all over the radio and like number one hits. And it, you know, it, it takes a guy like a Kendrick or a Kanye to come come along and make a song like so. For example, like "Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe" is a perfect example of a Kendrick song. And "Swimming Pools," they both actually have these deeper meanings to them. Yeah. But I think really, really good art in general mm-hmm. does a good job of hiding that within the song's it, context it, and it, not being like serving it, it on the silver subtle platter. contradictions. Like I mean, "Swimming Pools" is very much about alcohol abuse. And it ironically became like a huge club song and yep. like a huge song people partied to and, and like took shots to, which is like, I mean, that's, we've talked enough like about like how genius Kendrick is, but like he's able to do that. Um, not every rapper, not just in general, not every person that like makes art is as clever or as is able to use such subtlety like effectively. Absolutely. Yeah. And actually another one that is kind of like what you were saying with this, the ironic, uh, you know, success of the song becoming a drinking anthem mm-hmm. is um, Pay Ya by Outkast. Oh, yeah. It's about divorce. Yeah. It's all about like the downfall of the American marriage and it's the number one played song at weddings. Yeah, and like that just like <laughs> speaks to the genius of a Three Stacks and a Kendrick that they're like, and I'm not saying that was like 
they like knew that would happen or like that that was the purpose of the songs but like they're smart enough that they're able to like talk about what they really want to talk about and they still make a fuck ton of money off of it and they make them I, honestly they're both incredible songs i mean yeah, that, they're that, great. that's really what uh, that that separates like the incredibly good artists is yeah. that they can create like the, the, those two songs specifically are just it, – it's just unbelievable that the, the context of how they became – how popular they became. Kendrick's becoming a drinking anthem, that becoming a wedding anthem when they're in, in fact about the pitfalls of both of those things. <laughs> the, the three sacks thing is like way funnier. Yeah. Like, that's incredible. How many – do you think that Macklemore gets paid at a lot of gay weddings? <laughs> do you think Logic gets played at a lot of suicide funerals? <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> that's a great. Yeah, great uh, we're going to plug our sponsors now. <laughs> anyway, we wanted to talk about uh, collaborate albums. <laughs> Collabies. Speaking of lo- we should have a Logic and Macklemore collab album where every song's just about smoking cigarettes and getting yeah, right. sober. <laughs> they should, yeah, they should all, they, all three of those guys should just like do one big song where they tackle like 12 social issues. <laughs> Everybody wins. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah recently uh last week young thug and future kind of just came out of nowhere i was just on twitter and they were like oh by the way we're releasing an album tonight i know you like text me you're like dude <laughs> i was like what it's so weird because like i mean that obviously happens a lot more nowadays like i think beyonce kind of started that whole trend of uh, uh the sneak attack yeah, album, yeah. of drop w- w- there was someone before her that i can't remember it doesn't matter Queen Bay because, forever. Yeah, I know. <laughs> when Beyonce does something, everyone's yeah, just like, she cre- she invented it. She actually, she invented it's, R&B. It's Queen Bay, dude. <laughs> um, but, uh, so... She invented R&B. <laughs> Young Thug and Future uh, released a collaborative album. Matt hasn't had the chance to listen to it. I listened to it yeah. last week. I, I enjoyed it. I love thought it was pretty it. good. Um, what's up? I said I'd love to hear about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it got me thinking about just collab albums in general yeah. and how they've come, become like incredibly popular over yeah. the past 10 years. I mean the, the I think the obvious one is – Watch the throne. That's uh, like you see. I thought you were going to say T Wayne. I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> the forgotten gem of T Wayne that was recently released. Actually, it came out like yeah. a few months ago. Yeah, T Pain finally dropped. Collab albums never been more popular. <laughs> yeah, and it never sounded more like 2007. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was so weird that he decided to release it. It was like, like 10 years rap later. game. The Cavs. L- entire roster right now <laughs> like, yo let's run it back to five years ago and let's win the chip <laughs> and it's cleveland cavaliers nba champions 2011 but um yeah. yeah there there obviously has been a ton of and actually there i i always forget that like so for example like lil wayne has had he had a collab how many fucking collab albums has he had dude he had with, had one with t-pain he had one with Two Chains. Yeah. He had one with uh, Birdman, <laughs> which and is then, like weird to think about now. Yeah, and then he was supposed to have one with Drake, and then that never, nothing ever came of that. The the speculative. I think there are more speculative collab albums than there are collab albums. Yeah, um, I mean, like I think that. Collab albums were a lot more popular earlier, like in rap, like throughout like the '90s and stuff. You'd see them more. Now it's like, um, like what, like uh, or I guess just like Black Star. But that was like I don't see. Really I think see. That, that's I see kind that of what I, that's like. Literally, what I was thinking of, and <laughs> it's, it's really more just like rap duos. So. Yeah. Um, like but outcast like, and... but like you're getting these two like very famous people like creating, and it, whether they become a group first, like a small period of time, mm-hmm. they were like creating, you know albums together and i just feel like now we get a lot more of like you said speculative like whether it be uh j cole and kendrick or or j cole and kendrick um (laughs) j cole and kendrick comes to mind (laughs) dude this is also kanye said that he has 40 songs with young thug and 40 songs with kendrick which is absolutely not true (laughs) there's just no way he does and then also he said he's going to release a collab album with drake at one point I think the one that I want more than anything is the Tyler ASAP collab that was like rumored right before Tyler's album came out. God yeah, damn, yeah. that would be so fucking yeah, good. Yeah, ASAP said at a concert that he thinks that if 
Tyler, uh, Tyler and him have to put out a tape or something, and then mm-hmm. he's like, "Oh no, now you're gonna blow up the internet! Like you're gonna blow up the message boards," which is definitely true. Um, but yeah, he, that's that's another one. I could reel off so many speculative ones. I mean, obviously there has the the Thug Future one's the most recent in terms of like mega, you know, stars. Mm. Uh, although Young Thug doesn't really sell that well. It's kind of weird because he had a bunch of hits, but like he do, a lot of the a lot of people were saying online that they think that. This Thug Future thing was actually like a ploy to just move records because Thug's hmm. album bombed. His uh, his singing album <laughs> yeah. did not do well, yeah. and like I, I think his best selling album sold like twenty five thousand copies. I don't think he ever like he sells worse than like Kodak was it Jeffrey? Black. Was Je- and Jeffrey sold. I think Jeffrey sold like twenty five thousand. Barter Six sold some. Like Slime Season no, Three. He's like he's definitely not. Um... You know, it's like weird that someone like him is basically selling the same amount as like a Joey Badass. Maybe he sells less, less like, which ha- is, like half the amount, which he does. is crazy. Dude, yeah, because Thug is like a staple in the yeah. rap industry. Like, and also, like the, I know that uh, people tend to put like Young Thug in a box. I think he's like incredibly creative, like with his flows and his. I mean, I I think that he just makes yeah. legitimately good songs. It and took a while for me to come like around to him. Yeah, um, uh, I think like you texting me about him a lot for three years. <laughs> definitely help <laughs> I was like alright dude I like him <laughs> he's great he's now he, he, but he is really good actually and- the, the way that I came about liking Young Thug and I'm not even exaggerating here was it was like two years ago I was at my apartment with uh, my girlfriend and, and my friend and we were uh, we were playing music and they and someone was like, "Yo, show me some like." My friend was like, "Yo, show me some uh, some shit that like, you don't like." Because I was showing him like a bunch mm-hmm. of shit I do like. And he's like, "Like, who's the new rapper you don't like?" And I was like, oh, "I don't really like Young Thug." Like, and I started playing him constantly <laughs> hating, and then I was like. Oh my! This you, is you had amazing. That tweet, you had that tweet, the Thug uh, listening cycle. Oh yeah, the Young Thug listening cycle, which is, um, nah, I think he's trash. And then <laughs> second one was like, nah, it's catchy, but it's still trash. Three, actually, no, nah, this is pretty decent. Four, yo, this shit slaps. <laughs> Five, Thugga Thugga. <laughs> yeah, like, That's how like I came around to Young Thug. thug. All of a sudden, yeah. I was literally in the middle of listening to a Young Thug song when I realized he was incredible. And I think that a, a lot of the reason why Young Th- he gets put in this box, and so does Future, mm. in a way, is that they people kind of just write them off as trap rappers, as as street rappers, as you know, uh, yeah. And, and they have this, they have, they understand the importance of sound and um, mm-hmm. min- like. On different, it's kind of hard to explain, but we've talked about this a lot before. But the way they manipulate their voice over certain instrumentals mm. is very, very interesting to me. Like the way that Future will use these big distorted beats and then rap in a slurred flow as if he is simulating like he's on lean, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then Young Thug using kind of that singy song kind of flow, uh, and then. He'll change it up for the next song and have a really intense voice and flow, like mm. on Harambe or other songs, which is amazing. Anyone yeah. who names a song Harambe is a fucking yeah, god. Beast. Let's be honest. Yeah. But um, I think that they kind of get written off, and this album kind of proves that they they uh, they have even they're pretty good collaboratively, but also um, that they are much more than just like street trap rappers. You mm. know what I mean? Like your average guy that just fucking raps over a trap beat. Yeah, and I think like to an ex- I think also uh, like a group like Migos also got uh, absolutely boxed in unfairly mm-hmm. uh, when they started. You know, because I think their first big hit was Versace, mm-hmm. um, and they just became the guys that were on like Drake's song, even though it was like a remix. <laughs> yeah, you know Drake what I mean? remixed the song. Yeah. yeah. Everything is Drake's. Drake Drake owns everything that was ever successful. Hot Drake. Drake the Christopher Columbus of rap. <laughs> this is mine now. Yeah, he just good. took yeah, hot rap light game Blake. Spanish Inquisition, which is not a good thing, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, getting back to the collab albums, like so, we've had a, another one you brought up earlier, which was interesting. We're, we're not gonna like run down every single one, like the like Rich Homie Quan mm. and and Thug had one a few years ago. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Young Thug and and Gucci. Main had one a few years ago. There are a ton of like yeah. trap guys that have a bunch of collab albums, and I they're some of them are pretty good. But I think the ones that we want to kind of focus on are like the big, uh, you know, albums from the past yeah. ten years. I like, think, and I would assume since uh, you alluded to it, you want to discuss Bad Meets Evil, right? Bad Meets yeah. Evil was another one, one that actually came to fruition. That was in you know mm-hmm. was a rumor for a while. Yeah, 
which normally they don't. Yeah. Uh, shout out Detox. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not a collab album. No, like, it's, it's... God damn it, give us Detox. Dude. Pretty much every Dre album's a collab yeah, okay. album. Kendrick told me, look out for Detox. I've been looking since. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking asshole. But yeah, so... The, there's something that like I even with this Thug Future album, I don't think that it could possibly live up to the expectations of a Thug Future album. In the same way, I didn't think that Watch Watch the Throne's the only one that's come like somewhat close for me of living up to that. Uh, hype. Like just yeah, living up to like the enormous hype surrounding it. Yeah, yeah. And I think a large part of that is just because of Kanye's musical ear and his ability to produce and putting people on songs and make getting the best out of them. You know, like mm-hmm. Frank Ocean on the intro is incredible. Uh, the no Church in the Wild is just a fucking iconic song. And also just yeah. having this these iconic fucking songs. Another album that actually has a lot of deep political messages that wasn't oh, yeah. necessarily I mean, like, like – Kanye, like, I mean, lyrically and just, like, uh, substance-wise, really, really, like, tackled some, like, you know, big things. On that album, murdered excellence is like, and and it, I mean, like, and it's whatever. This is just happens with popular albums. It became, you know, like a, a club album, and it right. still exists as like a very prevalent, you know, has a lot of club anthems. The you know? song we can't say the name of, yeah, because Paris, be, yes, Paris, Paris, France. <laughs> but that actually also has a deep meaning to it too, because like uh, they they talk about God. Uh, earlier, I was like, you know what? No big songs have deep meanings, but like. They do have deep meanings. They're mm. just not like on the surface. Like the whole Cray Brothers thing. Like that might. Be, oh, by the way, that actually that was uh, like some. You know how genius yeah. takes shit and they run with it. That explanation. Did I ever tell you about that? You know that. What that, on Paris? Well, yeah, yeah. Where he says the uh, that shit Cray, mm. and everyone's like, oh, they're talking about they're the Cray Brothers because the Cray Brothers were like a, a group of two dudes from Paris yeah, really? who robbed and killed a bunch of people. And like they were like, oh my god, that's what it's supposed to represent, right? Well, by the way, that's total bullshit uh, because those guys were from London. Was, like, if you literally just search it on Wikipedia, it is it just proves Reddit it wrong. guys tricking themselves. Um, <laughs> no, it was genius. You, you that's, see, you know, uh, genius. They run with interpretations. Yeah. I always thought that that song was about the rise of democracy in post-Napoleonic France, but it is. Yeah, it's about like <laughs> the establishment of neoliberal politics and yeah. uh, you know the creation of of. <laughs> <laughs> and getting a boner on the dance floor. <laughs> but actually it was about um it was about like how in the like 20s and 30s uh black people weren't uh welcome in most of the western world right. and it was the one place where the if Paris mm-hmm. was the place that they could go and uh, like a lot of artists and musicians specifically and they were like completely accepted into yeah. the culture. Which is like funny because um I mean, like, Paris, like, eventually got that reputation. Like, not to get too political, but, like, they were, like, an incredibly anti-Semitic, racist country for, like, but they still centuries. Are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, they still fucking suck. But, but they only like you if you're – if you can be whatever race or religion, but you also have to be – unless you're Arab because they don't like Arab people. No, no. But, but as they long don't. as you're Parisian, then they'll like you. But if you're that and American, they'll fucking hate you. Um <laughs> Yeah, so like I, I th- so like we talked about. I mean, I think this is like a decent segue. We talked about Eminem, who is relevant for uh, for rebirthing slam poetry in the in the uh, <laughs> past couple weeks. Um, Bad meets evil. I think might have been his last. I mean, I don't like the entire album. Yeah, yeah, the last like pretty decent project he put out. There's right. some really good songs on that album and like the best songs and we were talking about this before the podcast um were the ones that like didn't try so hard to be a song (laughs) you know like the ones that just functioned essentially as ciphers right which is actually kind of where he he uh he flourishes in in just music in general. Yeah, like he the... really flourishes when there's a beat behind him. <laughs> Let <laughs> me tell can, you. Usually when he raps and he's not screaming yeah. and he can – yeah, exactly. Although that, another album that had a fucking corny, appealing fucking – like the biggest song on that album was that Bruno Mars Lighter song. Which is, which is just such pandering to radio what bullshit. What year did that come out? Do you know? I think it was 2011. Okay, so it was the after – was it after Recovery? 
I think it was after. No, I think it was before recovery. Lighter sounds like a fucking like recovery throwaway. Yeah, it does absolutely. Not even a throwaway. It could have fit on that shitty ass album. <laughs> <laughs> and nowadays, you actually, I feel like you hear this less and less. But like, there was a point in time where like every album was like, okay, this is the radio song, this mm-hmm. is the club song, this yeah. is the whatever. Nowadays, I think the rappers, especially good rappers, mm-hmm. have more creative control on their albums, so they don't necessarily have to like create. But Eminem is still like so like that two thousand ethos oh, yeah. he's like well i have to make a song with pink and i have to make a song with skylar gray and it's like yeah. no eminem you don't you literally yeah. don't have to do that yeah i have to i have to talk about kevin Federline at least twice on my next album <laughs> he's you know god but he yeah, is this... he is really living in the moment <laughs> how have we managed to mention kevin Federline twice on a hip-hop podcast it's important that we did <laughs> Kevin We're Fed- different than Oh my god, dude, this is Kevin Federline Awareness Month, dude. <laughs> I totally forgot about Yeah, that's Kevin. why that Can is you get why. the hashtag going, guys? Do get- not fact check that. But that is why we've uh, brought him up twice in the span of two weeks. That actually, that's going to be the new hashtag, dude. The, our first hashtag since Macklemore is the new Pimp C. Free Federline. <laughs> no, it's Kevin Federline Awareness Month, dude. Yeah, and just, like you can that. just tweet yeah, right, like the good. four facts we know about Kevin Federline. <laughs> yeah. He's been dead for 10 years. <laughs> Somehow this conversation was supposed to be about collaborative albums. But... We can get back to that. Um... But yeah, there, part of me doesn't want any of these collaborative albums to ever see the light of day. Like, I don't ever want to hear the Kendrick J. Cole album. Yeah, and I also don't think it'll ever happen. I think um, I think one of the reasons that they aren't created, these rappers become so big, and yeah. they're so successful in their solo endeavors that it's like, why the fuck would I even risk, like, an average collab album? Absolutely. Why would Kendrick you- specifically. He's pretty much flawless, and, like, like he, there's no reason for him to like just give it a try yeah, with J Cole. If you ever hear, so though that album actually Kendrick J Cole one specifically, that album was rumored to come out pre. This was pre Section eighty that they like were talking about this. There were two songs. There was one called Shock the World. Mm-hmm. Oh, there was yeah, one yeah. called Temptation. Where if you listen to those songs, J. Cole kind of has like a cool – like it was when J. Cole was still in like his vibey, like, you know, like moody kind of like, uh, you know, pre-album mode where he was still creating like decent, like kind of chill songs. And then Kendrick comes in and he fucking murders him on it. Mm -hmm. And like I would honestly feel bad for J. Cole if they came out with an album because you know that like everyone would just be like, oh, he roasted you on every fucking song. Especially at this point um, because I mean like J. Cole is like a – I would say like a B-plus rapper and Kendrick is a step above him like an a a plus level rapper in like, terms of he's fame. an a level celebrity popularity yeah. Yeah, not yeah. even just in the rap community he's a huge social figure um yeah. to, to like a way bigger extent than j cole at this point um kendrick doesn't need that you yeah. know what i mean and also like even if j cole did well j cole would never be given credit for that album it would always be like oh well kendrick bodied him yeah. oh well kendrick bodied him that was a cool beat he right. should have just stuck to beats because like a kendrick throwaway verse is going to be like j cole's best verse basically. i think like the only yeah exactly i think like uh one of the only like songs where i'm like oh this would have been cool would be like a song like high power because he because j cole produced it right and like that would have been but like j cole's too big now to like just like basically handle Produce the boards it. yeah, yeah like, exactly it's, it's just yeah. something he wouldn't do also i think that he's a very hit or miss producer i think that they have yeah the key, He's he's gotten better over the years, and he's had some beats where I'm like, wow, this is incredible. And then he has other beats where I'm like, why does he? Did he like... make the beat for "Get Off My Deck"? Yeah, he did. That's a he, good. He produces beat. all of his own. He, yeah. Dude, he's like the human bro- body. Dude, he produces <laughs> his own shit. Also, J Cole, we'll we'll have to talk about this one episode. I think one episode we should just do. Uh, an episode that is focused on rappers who are obsessed with like body function, like yeah. like Lil Wayne. <laughs> Lil Wayne constantly talks about pussy. Like that's like all he ever fucking talks about. J Cole like, loves orgasms dude, in math class. It's <laughs> <laughs> no jacking off in math class. J Cole has like at least I could probably think of five to ten lines where J Cole talks about either farting or shitting. Yeah, like, uh, off the top of my head, like. Uh, I know you don't like like Shay Serrano, like or you like no, Shay no, Serrano. No, I come around to Shay right, Serrano. But like you're not huge on. No, like I his... follow him on Twitter now. I like do you him. Lo- but like the J Cole stuff. No, I know wasn't I just your think favorite. it's kind of lame. I, here's yeah. the thing. I think it's lame to build your brand on hating yeah. on a rapper. And I think but he's he, like he's totally expanded. Over it. Yeah, yeah, he, he doesn't like, give a shit. That's like, why I like him now. He's the number one New York Times bestseller. I yeah, think he's he passed the J 
Cole shit. Yeah, exactly. But, like, he has an article uh, from either Grantland or The Ringer. I forget when it was made, but it's just, like, it references every single J. Cole shit line. <laughs> yeah. He's, like, debating with Justin Charity, I believe, one of the other Ringer writers, about, like, Jake pro-con J. Cole. And, like, for an entire, like, four paragraphs, he just talks about the shit lines yeah. <laughs> and the fart lines, dude. Yeah, it's bad, dude. I mean, I used to listen to J. Cole. I was a J. Cole stan in you college. loved J. Cole, dude. Before we were even, like, good friends, I'd see, like, your, like, Cole World posts on oh, Facebook. Oh, my I'm God, like, dude. Yeah. This guy really likes J. Cole. All right. To be fair, I had cancer. I didn't have, yeah. I didn't yeah. have a lot. Okay. So, uh, I guess J. Cole has now hacked into our computer because he heard we were making fun of him. All these fucking rappers keep hacking into your computer. I know. And I don't know how to edit, yeah, so, no. like, well with audio. So, yeah. now I'm just – we're just going to go from here, I We've guess. We've learned how to press record. We haven't <laughs> learned any of the other essential we're parts. We're getting of... there, dude. Yeah. But, yeah, going back to J. Cole being the voice of the cancer community, he actually had a line in one of his songs that was, um, like – during that any given Sunday series, which he had like in between his mixtapes and his albums, yeah, he had a line where like he talked about how a kid came up to him at fucking um, at a after a concert and said uh, said like I had cancer and your music was the only thing that got me through it and he said he froze and he didn't know what to say and I was a huge J Cole fan at the time and I was like. The fuck, dude! You stole my thunder. I was gonna say that to him if I ever. In retrospect, I'm glad I didn't because yeah. that would have been kind of embarrassing. Yeah, that would have been like your sick 15 seconds of fame. <laughs> J Cole, J Cole, who was not even like when I saw I saw him play live in 2010, like right after Friday Night Lights came out, and there was uh i think it was like i saw him at a f church in north philly and there was like it was literally a church that they convert really? into yeah it's actually where chance has a residence now uh because oh my god dude stop looking at your phone dude i just had a great joke and I'm then sorry. you're looking <laughs> my girlfriend no, texted me but... that she loves me <laughs> but it. yeah um i saw him at a church and there was like probably like 300 400 people there maybe right it was a really really small show and he actually puts on a great show actually does he I, yeah I, I highly i highly recommend seeing j cole even if you don't like his music even shay sharano talked about it in that one piece where he said he saw him and was like i actually he was like kind of oh, coming yeah, around yeah, him. he did do that yeah and then at the end of the piece he was like nah he still fucking sucks <laughs> Shay Serrano like really latches onto things that he hates and like drives with him. Like he fuck, he's a huge, he's like a Spurs diehard. He's from San Antonio and he fucking hates Lamarcus Aldridge. Yeah, I know. And I he's like start. He like did like a year long Lamarcus Aldridge smear campaign. <laughs> yeah. And I think it like actually affected Lamarcus Aldridge because Shay Serrano is like popular enough that he would have seen these things. <laughs> yeah, dude. J Cole definitely knows about the Shay Serrano tweets and shit. Oh, like, God, yeah, that's, that, great. Those, that's like a th that's such a weird age we live in. There's a guy. There's a guy on Twitter. I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, Slimmy Hendrix, but he, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, in his his real name's Trey, and he works for uh, he works for Vice. And so, a few years ago, he did uh, he had a tweet about Big Crit, and hmm. it was like it was so accurate because he was like. Cornbread, cornbread, cornbread. I love cornbread. <laughs> Grits, the weather is hot in the south. And then it just said, y'all, this shit slaps. <laughs> and then it was just like, big crit. You ever notice that in the south, the weather is hotter? We like driving around in cars. <laughs> y'all, wow, this is amazing. Big crit saw the tweets. And like was like basically, and he didn't tag him or anything. Was he like upset about it? Yeah, he was like obviously he was like making fun of his whole thing. <laughs> like what a fun. terrible age uh, that we live in. That rappers like like twenty years ago, like rappers like you could shit on them all you want. People they didn't even know you existed or care, and no one would ever say it to a rapper's face twenty years ago. Not that they would now. No, but, they probably would have gone wrong. Yeah, because <laughs> Suge Knight was a pop. Yeah, like that. You, you didn't do that in the Suge Knight era. No. Oh, you, nah. Dude, like, and it, it, we're just in such a different age that you can now just like tweet. Like, I remember last year when Mick Jenkins dropped his album. This guy who I follow on Twitter, and I actually like, I have a lot of very similar opinions mm -hmm. to him, and I actually think he has good taste in music. I'm not going to say his name, but he tweeted at Mick Jenkins. You and I, I like Mick Jenkins' album. I thought it was decent. He tweeted him, "You made the most boring album of 2016. <laughs> I hope you're proud." And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh. 
People Dude, are just ruthless. Time out. Do you remember? So, like, when Drill was really popular in, like, 2012, 2013, there was, like, a, I think it was a gang member or, like, someone on Twitter was just mouthing off about one of uh, – or was mouthing off, I think, about um, one, of the, one of the Drill rappers in, um, in Chicago. And then, like, there's, like, a tweet. Like, he – it's, like, the tweet – I forget who it was. It was either Dirk or it was... Um, there were so many lows. So, I'm so tired. Dirk, That's the shit I don't like. Who the fuck is that? Uh, Chief Keef? Yeah, Chief Keef. I literally you. just said Chief Keef. That's nah. why I was like... Yeah, yeah. I'm tired. Leave yeah. me alone. <laughs> the drill rapper. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was. I think it was directed at his like crew. And then like it showed the person like in a funeral casket. Like it was like this like weird tweet. It like went viral. It was like, "Don't fuck with Chief Keef's crew." <laughs> yeah, so we we don't live in that era anymore. That doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Rappers just get upset online. They don't actually kill people. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean that's, maybe they do. I don't know. Didn't Young Dolph get shot at like a hundred times by another rapper? Didn't Mano Thanks. like try to kill him? Mano? Yeah. First off. I I don't know if we've mentioned this before, but Young Dolph's real name. Wait, I might just have made that up. I I, I would feel very bad if I said that Mano tried to kill him, but it wasn't Mano. Hold on, no, I need to look it up now. Oh yeah, we're gonna run with this. I I, all, I get all my news from Twitter and Reddit, so mm. if, so blame them. But uh, but I don't know if we've talked about this before, but uh, I think I, I might have mentioned it before. Young Dolph's name is a his real name is Adolf. Make Adolf great again. There's a dude. lot of jokes going on in my head that I'm just yeah, I'm not gonna say them. Um, like I, I felt like after like Hitler, like that name was just like that's <laughs> yeah, just like, you're like not a name. allowed to call people. Yeah. You're not allowed to name. Wow, his parents fucking hated him, man. Dude, Adolf. He spells it differently, but it's pronounced the same way. Um, his mom, yeah, see. like the, the the dad was like, "No, nah, we're not having this kid." She's like, "Yes, we are." He's like, "All right, well, his name's fucking Adolf. Sorry, <laughs> we're having Christ. him. His name is Adolf." All right, let's see. Young Adolf, hold on. I, if I made this up, I'm gonna feel really bad. I don't think it was. It might not have been made. No, up. we're running with it regardless. Yeah, no, 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 no. I think that Mano apparently. Hold on, this is some really critical reporting by me. <laughs> oh no, no, no! I'm sorry. It wasn't Mano. It was fucking Yogati. I always get Yogati and Mano confused because they both had like hits around the same time. Yeah, I grouped them in the same era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Yogati had. Sorry, Mano, if you're listening. <laughs> Mano had all the above. Speaking of T Pain and that like mm -hmm. auto tune drenched era, he had all the above, which was not. It was like kind of like after T Pain was like kind of like a, a few years mm -hmm. after he was like huge. It but... was like in the Ron Browse era, <laughs> dude. Yo, you want to know something ridiculous? <laughs> Pop champagne. And then Jim Jones has that like really dope like half bar before it gets shitty again. <laughs> <laughs> you know Ron Browse, uh this is gonna blow your mind. Do you know that Ron Browse produced Ether by Nas? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I swear to God, he made the beat to Ether. He's like a legitimate producer. He's made like a ton of beats for like a lot of guys over the years. Oh wow. Isn't that like insane? Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. Hold on. Now I'm, I got to look up Yo Gotti because Yo Gotti – you know, Yo Gotti never had a song that was – okay, he had he had a song called Down in the DM, and for that – Oh, it goes down in the DM. Yeah. Oh, was he not talking about direct messages? <laughs> I, I would assume <laughs> he was. It was downtown Memphis because he's from – No, I, th I think it's – no, no, it is. It's like Snapchat knew that – if it's oh, cool. okay, he's a mean I rapper. I love the gram. I love the gram. <laughs> <laughs> and then like Nicki Minaj is on the remix, which oh, just oh okay. They like brought it full circle. It made a lot of there sense. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's where we can leave it. I'm so sorry to Mano <laughs> for saying that uh, you that's shot. a great that's a great episode title. <laughs> our, sorry, our deepest Mano. our deepest apologies to Mano. <laughs> no, dude. Like. I feel really bad now. I might have to edit that yeah, part Yeah, Mano's out. never killed anyone, but goddamn <laughs> it if he does him. now. But, and also, I don't even think that Yo Gotti – okay, his, Yo Gotti didn't shoot Young Dolph, but his friend was was charged with attempted murder. So it was connected to Yo Gotti. So, Very 90s. <laughs> this is throwback rap, dude. This is <laughs> –
That's a very 90s Jesus thing of him Christ. to do. All right, so this episode really went off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so, so sorry. sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, I guess that is a good uh, place uh, to wrap it do up. You, uh, do you have anything to plug? <laughs> yeah, uh, my funeral after, yeah. after these rappers he, who, who have been charged with attempted um, murder so here. So as... One half Sorry. of the true Illuminati. I am currently looking for co-hosts. Um, ideally, if you look like Porter and sound like Porter, I have great chemistry with now who is deceased. Um, please uh, DM me. Um, it goes down in the DM. I personally love Mano. I think he's great. You won't believe it. I cannot believe it. <laughs>